I'm Gab, he's Jules. Blue skies over West London. Jules, what a midweek. Incredible. Happens again. Yep. Um, we have finalists in the League Cup, which some people care a lot about. And it's Chelsea. <laughs> and you know, I, 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 right. Chelsea and Liverpool. Big yeah, good, game final. good final. I'm good. good final. Good final. Good final. Um, Bayern Munich win after yeah. the weekend. Really important for them to get to win that game against Union Berlin. Afcon. Incredible few days in Afcon. Honestly, I think this is the most exciting uh, group stage of AFCON that I can remember and so many goals as well and uh, but but we have to start in Spain with the Copa del Rey San Mames um, Atlantic Bilbao obviously very difficult place to go they're fired up they're jazzed up and they beat Barcelona 4-2 in extra time Uh, we'll get in the game in a minute but I have to start with with Xavi and his position because he has said if they don't win something this season, mm-hmm. he's gone. I'm pretty sure they won't win La Liga. I'm 100% certain. Well, not 100%, but they're not going to win the Champions League. Yeah. Uh, now this. If this. This felt like Copa del Rey was his his opportunity to go and win something. And With Real Madrid out, of course. Yeah, exactly. And yet, they will still be Atletico Madrid. And... Uh, Girona was knocked out just before them, so it looked like okay, this is it, and you can save your season in a way if you go and win the Copa del Rey. It's not great; they've right. won it 31 times already, but it's better than nothing, I guess. Now, if you take that now out of the equation, in a game where we discussed it just before when we were preparing for the show, they didn't play badly. They had chances to go and win it, and Lamine Yamal, who was outstanding from start to finish, missed a big, big one in an empty goal. So maybe not from start right to foot. finish then. <laughs> yeah, apart from that. Uh, and but, but overall, I don't think there was nothing amazing about the performance. There was nothing super special. But I thought they were well-disciplined, well-drilled collectively. I thought it was okay for some part of it. And then they exploded in, in extra time against a team that had so much energy. It was, it was beautiful to see. Yeah, the Williams brothers coming big. And Incredible. by the way, and I have to mention this, Iñaki Williams, 24 hours earlier... He's at the AFCON. Yeah. He comes back, comes on, scores a winning goal. I, they, this is, it's just crazy. It's, it, it, it's kind of like Andre Onana in reverse, right? Yeah, at 30 years old as well. <laughs> so it's not like if he's 20 and you say, okay, it doesn't matter so much if he travels, if he flies, if he does this. For him to play, and it shows how much he clearly cares about his club and his people and the community and the celebration when he kissed the badge and kissed it again and again. And then to have his brother wrapping things up a few minutes later with the goal of the night outstanding outside of his right foot in the top corner. It's just for the Williams family and everything they represent for that club is just magnificent. Right. Garbage time goal, we have to say. But I, still. I have to say, but still uh, a tremendous goal. Uh, taking it back to, to, to Barcelona um, and, and Xavi specifically, I want to be very clear here. I think he said something, and, and I'm a big Xavi fan, and he said something really stupid that you can come to regret, saying, if we don't win anything, we're going to come back. Mm. And I know that this is how people work, and I know there's people... I mean, it's how some fans think, like, oh, you need to win trophies, it's all about the trophies, blah, blah, blah. It's not. not it's certainly not if you're in Barcelona situation. It's about how your team progresses, how you can be financially sustainable, especially given the debt, given the economic situation. Yeah. If you think Xavi's leading you down the, the right path, if you think he's... he's developing Fermin Lopez and Guyu and Yamal. I mean, they finished the game with what? Two 16-year-olds, or, or sorry, two 17-year-olds yeah. and a 16-year-old on the pitch. If you think he's leading you in the right direction, guess what? It's okay. Have a rebuilding year. It's not the end of the world if you think you're playing well. And this is the second straight game 
where they played well after playing horrendously earlier this yeah, season. That's what I mean. So, but the performances are not really there to back him up in the sense that. Okay, but they were in the last two games. Yeah, true, true. And it was Betis away and Athletic Club, the Bilbao away. Two so tough games, two, tough two opponents. Really tough games. It's just that inconsistency at some point. I think if you're above him, if you're La Porta, if you're people like that, could be frustrating because inconsistency is not going to lead you anywhere, really. Because what, be. what tells you that next season they can go and, and win again? No, no, but, because but, that, consistency but, might, that inconsistency might still be there. But that's why, from here on out, you make the priority growing these players, growing this club, that, that other kid, the, the, the Hector Fort kid or whatever yeah. his name is. I don't know if he's going to be any good, but let's find out. Mm. Let's lay the basis. We know we yeah. may need to sell somebody in the summer. We know we're going to have a, a call to make on Lewandowski, right? We're going to have all these big decisions to come. Let's focus on that, you know, and finishing top four, of course, and getting what we can uh, in, in European revenue, right? This should be how you judge yeah. Xavi from now on the end of the season, not on whether he wins a trophy. That's silly. In these conditions, that's really, really silly. So what do you think then Xavi said that about the trophies and if I don't win anything this season, I'm going to resign. I'm, I live by myself, you know, kind of thing. Because he must know himself that really this is not how you, as you rightly said earlier, this is not how you judge a process and a progression within a team, within a squad, within a football club. So uh, that's why I was a bit surprised. And we were both surprised. I remember we talked about it on the show straight after he said it. Because it's not really, it's very unusual for a manager to say, listen, if we don't win anything, I'm out. It's unusual for this manager because and he's intelligent. Uh, he's yeah, an intelligent yeah. person who understands how things are built over time. So why do you think he said it then? I genuinely don't know. I, I, I give two theories. One is kind of the boring one, but we've been around football a lot. These guys, they talk all the time, right? If you think about it, pre-game, post-game, twice a week, that's four instances where you're, getting, where you're talking and you're being asked the same question all the time. So in the context of that, could he have dropped that in? Um, and maybe he would have meant, if I feel I'm not helping the club, I'm going to walk away. Yeah. I, you know, I don't need this. I'm Chavi. I think, did he mean that? Maybe. And he said something else, and so it wasn't planned. The other thing which I would suggest is, did he say it because he was hoping that somebody at the club, La Porta or Deco, would come out and say, no, 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 no. We're not going to judge you on whether you win a trophy. We're going to judge you on whether this team is progressing to get Barcelona back where we want to be, Yeah. right? Because it's nonsense to judge on a trophy. Yeah, yeah. If he said it because he was hoping to get that kind of reaction from one of the senior people at the club, a reaction which, as far as I know, never came um, th th that, those are the only two things I can think of Xavi's too intelligent to say something like that yeah I, I would tend to agree as well I don't know it's a very strange it feels like a very strange dynamic at the club to be fair between Laporta and some of the directors Deco of course and Xavi's position remember some of the incidents we've had before when there were some stories that Laporta insisted for, for example, Lewandowski and Gundogan being included in the squad that traveled to Antwerp to play that Champions League match that they were already qualified and topping their group. Um, and, and, and Laporta seems not happy that Lewandowski and Gundogan were not traveling, so he, he put them in himself. So I don't know if that's completely true or not, but loads of those weird stories really about how this club is functioning or dysfunctioning. Maybe. There's a broader uh, question about Barcelona's dysfunction, going back to the levers, the palancas, True. the fact that, you know, I, I know it's happened, and so, like, we don't talk about it anymore, but it's still very real. 
they mortgage the club's future. And I, I'm just going to restate this, right? Laporta, who is a lawyer and a politician, he is not a businessman. Yeah, yeah. He has not built a business, right? This is not something he's done. I mean, no, he's no, it's not like Ferrer, a legal yeah. business, right? So he decided to go and take an extremely risky decision. And the reasons he did this, he would say, oh, it's because of Bartomeu and the enormous debt, and undoubtedly it was, right? But yeah, yeah. you have two ways to get out of it. You can either cut costs, try to grow organically through your youngsters and whatever, or you can roll the dice, try to get big investment in, um, try to spend, spend at the levels you were at before, hoping that you hit the jackpot and then it has a multiplier effect, right? Those are decisions that people who run businesses make every day. But this guy's never run a business. Yeah. And it's not his money. People run businesses, by the way, if they're founders, they, they're, 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 it's their own skin in the game, right? This is not, this is not Barcelona, this is not Laporta's money. This is Barcelona's yeah, money. Yeah. So that kind of magnifies the decisions. He took what I think is a very, very risky decision. And now we find ourselves in this situation because this, is, this can really come back to bite you if you somehow screw it up. You will be for under sure. restriction for a very long time. And yep. uh, one of the symbols of this, I think, for sure. is Robert Lewandowski. Yep. Um, they spent a lot of money to sign him. They gave him a big contract. Uh, he scored a lot of goals at first. More difficult season this year. And he did score, although you've got something to say about about his goal. No, it's because you said how lucky he is, where he basically uh, blocks the clearance and then uh, the ball He's goes. not lucky because he was hunting him down and showed desire. No, 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 no he was not even hunting anything. Remember the Armando Broja, who's your boy, but I'm not saying that because he's your boy. He's goal away at Fulham in the, in the league. Yes. Where he's just, he's just running towards the goal and the ball happens to be, then in, to come into his feet and then it just goes yeah. in. The difference, I think, with the Lewandowski goal against on Thursday night, on Wednesday night, was that yet the the athletic club, the Bilbao defender, is gonna is about to clear the ball and Lewandowski is kind of charging towards him, running towards him. But if you look at it, he pulls his leg out. And I I really think that strikers of his quality, even if you don't think that he's a top, top, top world class anymore, <laughs> but he has been. I just don't think they do anything that everything is kind of calculated and done for a reason. And I'm sure that Lewandowski pulls his leg out in case he says, like, this is going to be cleared. It's a very low probability that I could block that. But if I can, I, I, I just, I'm I'll just going to try I'll gamble because... Yeah, and yeah. then 99% of, of 99 times I have 100, the ball doesn't hit him and doesn't go mm -hmm. in straight away. But, you know, it's like when you follow a shot. A teammate yeah, yeah. is shooting. You know there's one chance out of 100 that the keeper is going to spill it. Or fumbles it, so then you follow, and 99 but, times you go for nothing. But the one, the last time, you go and score. But that's also what distinguishes, I think, uh, a great player is what's up here in his mind. Lewandowski hasn't lost that exactly. football brain because even your your example there of chasing it down in case the keeper spills it. There's different ways to chase it down, right? You need to know what area am I going to attack? Where yeah, am I yeah, going yeah. to go? How's he likely to spin it? The reality is, many elite footballers have brains that tell them ahead of time how to do that it's it's like when we spoke to when we spoke to ben davies on yeah. the up and coming gabin jules meets podcast and he talked about training with michael laudrup who you know must have been his mid-50s at the time and he had all the time in the world yeah. in the ball he and he could so see things in, you know maybe the dude couldn't run as much but the brain is still there yeah um the thing i was a bit more uncomfortable with was Lewandowski's celebration where he basically told people to shush and everything 
Well, you've scored a goal. Okay, it, <laughs> it was clever for you to try it. But this is not like if you scored the Lamin Yamal goal that he scored later on in that game. And then you can shush people because you scored something up. An amazing goal. So like, come on, Leva, you don't score much this season. It's not a good season. When you score like that, it's a bit of luck. Even if you provoked it, it's still a bit of luck. Don't go and start like shushing people. They're going to have a big call to make in the summer on Lewandowski. He's going to have one year left on his contract. What would you do? I, I don't think you can shift him. I, I don't know who's going to come and give you money for, he's going to be, what, 33, 34? 34, even at, the, yeah, at maybe, that stage, right? Yeah, maybe even on his 35 years, yeah. If somebody comes along and gives you a little bit of money for him and says, Leva, come play for us for, for two years, kind of a level down from those wages, or he makes an emotional decision yeah, or whatever, Warsaw, quick fix, yeah. maybe. But otherwise, I think you have to keep him and say, Leva, since you're not going you're going to be here, you'll, you'll play, you'll work with Vitor Roque, you, you teach Vitor Roque, be his Yoda, uh, and a year from now, bye-bye. Yeah, because at that age, we can't sustain these, these wages. A uh, guy who, by the way, is clearly playing well below his wages, um, or rather, his wages are well below his performance, Lemin Yamal. He had a bit of a lull, I think, a couple months ago yeah, in the season. Yeah. But now you see the personality, the decision-making. We saw it the weekend against Betis. We saw it here, too. You're, you may criticize him for missing that, that goal. No, it's just I think he took it for granted and he switched his off. But the guy is so much personality and so much quality and generally makes so many great decisions. Yeah. And like I guarantee you, he's going to remember this. Yeah, the maturity. I mean, you saw him on the bench after he came off before the end. And you could tell there's one that he misses earlier, even before the big one that he missed that we've talked already about. And you could tell that he's devastated and shush. He should be, of course. I think the maturity that he showed again in that game, the goal he scored, which is a very Messi-esque um, on the right-hand side, dribbling, coming inside, shooting with your left foot and curling it. And then at the, at the far post, it's just amazing. He's 16 and 196 days, I think it is, or 166 days. It's just ridiculous. He's, even, he's so far from even being 17, man. It's not like he was 17 tomorrow, <laughs> like Pauku Barsi was. But it's just, it's just ridiculous. I just love it. And Rafinha has been good, to be fair, for Xavi and, and uh, for Barcelona. But for me, there's just no debate on who should play as that right winger in this team at all. He makes things happen so much. And we saw the chance that, so that big one where he misses, he's his press. In a team that doesn't press well, that still I find it annoying and frustrating to watch them, not pressing efficiently, not even trying to beat the press. Because, and to be fair, there are not many teams like Athletic Club, they build, but to go back to that conversation we had about Spanish teams that press well and that have yeah. that kind of intensity. There are not many, especially at San Mames, and that's how they score their third one, by pressing well. But Barca struggle at times to beat that press, but he presses well when they don't have the ball, and I think that is very, very important too. So, Going back to this kind of projecting forward, actually, I'll do that in a minute because you wanted to pick on Sergio Roberto again. You know what I think of Sergio okay. Roberto. <laughs> right, we don't need to go there. I we don't like him. The way he loses the ball on that third goal in extra time is unforgivable. It's Gab, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the ball it's, also goes right by the central. It doesn't of the matter. Your team is not set up for you to lose the ball there and then have this team. And then we said the energy, energy that. Athletic Club have is incredible and they have five players in the box in the 110 minute or something ridiculous like that. So this is mad. However, you should never lose the ball. And he's an experienced guy. The only thing I can give him is the experience. And then you go and do something like that. You came on 
and you do this, I think it's not acceptable. All right. Um, so projecting forward with Barcelona, if they are in a situation where they have to sacrifice players or the subject, I, I'm going to be very clear about what I would do. And this is what I would have done instead of pulling your, all your stupid levers. Um, I would trust the kids because you have a framework of kids there, right? Yeah. Kubarsi, Yamal, uh, you got people like, 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 like Fermin Lopez, yeah. Pedri, Gavi to return. Who, who you, oh, yeah, Balde, ba yeah, yeah. of course, thinking, right? Yeah. You've got other people yeah. like Ferran Torres, who, you know, is trying really hard. He, he, you know, the, the, El Tiburon, the shark, whatever, that may be hokey. And if you have to sacrifice people to, to shed wages, you do that. In terms of sacrificing people, though, I wonder. Who can you actually let go that you'll get money for? Because I think it's pretty obvious. They were hoping, ah, Ansu Fati. He goes to Brighton, did Zerbi, yeah. sets the Premier League on Does fire. Does well, you right? sell for 50. And then we yeah. sell him for a ton of money, right? So right now, who Doesn't is the highest valued player in that squad? Sorry? Who is the highest valued player in, that squad, in their squad? For I, me, I, I it's would assume... Arojo. More than, more than Frankie. More than Gavi. Yeah, but, you, but, but I think they are the ones that are not touchable. You, you're not going to sell Gavi or Pedri. Arojo is... There's a new contract negotiation situation that is not very clear whether he really wants to stay, whether they could really show him I, with a big pay rise or whatever that they want him to stay. I would... I, I would. But I would. You can't let him go either. He's the no, best. No, I, I would. I can't far. let him go. No, 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 no. I, I, I think you would have to see what you can get for Kunde and his wages. Ideally, I think you would let Gundogan go, but you're not going to get anything for him. Yeah. Um, Testegen? Could you let Testegen and play Pena? Is he Pena good enough even? Big, big leap up, right? Mm. Uh, De Jong again, though, but De Jong, man. But he won't want to leave. He didn't want to leave <laughs> last summer. He's not going to. He seems pretty happy there. Even also, if, I think you need to. No, I think I. You obviously don't trigger the Jao Felix thing. Um, if you have to sacrifice somebody, I think Rafinha could have a market. Yeah, I agree. But you don't want to be in that situation. So hopefully if you're a Barca fan, it never gets to that. Speaking of possibilities, just to wrap this, um, a lot of people went nuts when they spotted a certain former Barcelona assistant coach. Yeah, and translator. And translator, yeah. Um, I believe he has a house there, so I'm yes. assuming that's why. We're I talking about Jose so Mourinho, of course. Yeah. Rocking up. Um, no chance. This is just fantasy land, yeah? No chance whatsoever. I, I, I was trying to think of, like, the reasons why, and there are just so many. There's so many. Uh, and also, what, two managers only in the history of the game have managed both, Real Madrid and Barcelona, I think. One being Radomir Antic and the other one, can't remember the name. Come on, this, these things don't happen. They don't happen. They just don't happen. All Jose Mourinho that he is, they just don't happen. He's never going to manage Barcelona. And all his history and the fact yeah. that when Mourinho shows up, you end up spending money and so yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, no. and he's, yeah, he's not even very good. If he was like, yeah, he's prime, maybe, but no. By the way, Roma's account, just as an aside, just to throw this in for all these people who don't seem to understand the concept of money, um, Jose Mourinho and his staff, Roma's accounts from, from last season came out in which season in which they cut losses and they still lost 99 million and it's very obvious that it was an economic reasons why yeah. to let him go Mourinho and his staff cost the club 19 million euros a season that's about 23 um 22 23 million dollars off the top of my head Pep Guardiola's staff costs you more I'm pretty sure Carlo Ancelotti's staff costs you less I'm pretty yeah. sure Jurgen Klopp's staff 
Remember, cost you less. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, Mourinho's staff, it's not like he's got God, Jesus, <laughs> and the apostles on his staff. He has a bunch of relative no-names. Yeah, just, yeah, very expensive. I, I think you start to understand why this yeah. is only going on. enough Barca how about some quick hits instead let's go Gav Rafael Guerrero who I believe is kind of French scores the only goal as Bayer beat Union Berlin in the game that was postponed by the Munich snowstorm that's right they're now back to being four points behind Leverkusen yeah Jules does this mean I was wrong about all my Tuchel doubts no Gabby ah so I was wrong. right and you and Jan were wrong okay well, good it was not great at all. Again, uh, Neuer came up with a big save in the second half. I mean, you can't control the whole game, but I just think, again, the tempo was slow. And it was a team that was very defensive, set up to defend. They had 80% of possession, which, again, I know we used to big numbers from the top, top clubs in Europe, but still, 80% is a lot. And I just don't think they did enough with that. But in the end, they won. I think that's all to hold Ked and the team and everybody. But even him on the touchline didn't really look that happy. And to be fair, the best thing happened is the second quick hit, Gabby, because... Well, sorry, before we get to yeah. that, Upamecano coming uh, yeah. off and Eric Dyer making his debut. Yeah, I never want... I, I really hoped that I would never see that happening, but it did happen. Conrad Leimer as well, by the way. So it's two big injuries now. And if only wait, and they're not front, signing. They're not signing Kieran Trippier. Uh, at least so they well, say. Mukiele, I think Mukiele is going to come now. Even more, it's even more important for them to sign a defender. So Mukiele, okay. so Kimmich, who's not a six, won't go. You know, I'm just no, nah, maybe not. I think PSG would try Kimmich in the summer now. But but yeah, you're right. Those two injuries are the bad news of the night as well. But I was going to say the. Maybe the, the, certainly the most interesting thing in this whole game, Gabby, is what we saw in the second half when we witnessed a coach sent off for slapping an opposing player in the face. What was Nenad Bielitsa thinking when he like, slapped Leroy Sané in the face? Uh, I don't know, but this... Twice this, as well. He, he, he's going to get a long ban. He should get a long ban yeah. for it. This is absolutely, absolutely unforgivable. Uh, you know, unless, unless Sané said something to him about his family, about his ethnicity, about his God or whatever yeah. that caused him to snap. Hair, yeah. I'd love to, you know, his hair. I'd love to know the mitigating circumstances, right? We always get this arguing over the balls, the throw in, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, because that's what happened. Belisa has the ball, doesn't want to give it back for the throw in. Yeah. To, to you, you, you can't hit somebody. Right, no, just because you're scarier, mad. and I'm sure in a street fight, Nina Bielica would turn Leroy Sané into a yeah. little puddle of oil. But you know, this isn't WWE. This isn't macho stuff. Uh, shame on him. Well done, Sané, for keeping it calm. Because yeah, yeah, I have to say, Leroy Sané gets some criticism. Leroy Sané is not the problem. He is working really, really hard. Working incredibly hard compared to Kingsley Coleman, who laid hey. another turd. Um, but. Uh, well done to him. It was a testy thing. And I also want to say this about, about Bayern. It's the kind of game where if they'd scored first and Union Berlin had opened up, maybe it would have been a blowout. Yeah. But the fact that it didn't shows there's still a long way yeah, to go. Yeah. Chelsea beat up Middlesbrough 6-1 to advance to the League Cup final. Jules, this game was over well before halftime. And yet it I was. forced myself to watch until the end. Yeah. So you can see uh, that Middlesbrough guy scored that great goal. Yeah, Rogers, who I think is a really promising kid. Listen, I've been, I've been critical of Pochettino and this Chelsea team and their progress before. I, I, I want to say, and I have to say, this was good. Okay, maybe Borough Bo were a bit naive the way they tried to play out from the back, all of that. So he will need to be backed up against Aston Villa in the FA Cup, for example, and later in the league. And Pochettino said after the game, you know, maybe it's time to give this team some credit, which 
to a certain extent, I agree because I thought there was a lot of good things in that game. I like Chilwell. I like the, the positions that he picked up. I like some of the work on the right hand side. Even Disasia right back, to be fair, was okay. So I was like, okay. And and for that, I need to just say well done because yeah, they destroyed them. Yes, Borough were naive a bit, I think, in the way they approached that game, but they've just played like they usually play. And Chelsea were far superior, so well done to them. Yeah, they're in the League Cup final. Yeah. Ah, uh, I know, I know. Yeah, you, no, look, you're so hard to no, please. I, I, I'm not gonna say that. I understand why Pochettino said it. If I, I would have said the same thing. I don't think you necessarily judge or going no, to give credit in a game like this against Middlesbrough. As you it's said, Middlesbrough playing the way they did and, and, and Chelsea playing the... I mean, I would give them credit for other performances in games maybe they've lost, yeah, yeah. but they showed more signs of progress. Inter have won the Italian Super Cup again as Lautaro Martinez scores the buzzer beater and they win 1-0 in Riyadh against Napoli. Gab, Napoli were unhappy with a second booking for Gio Simeone at the hour mark and the red cards. Yeah, so Napoli thought gave it a good go. Um... It, it, it felt like that because the game was close at the end and you go back and you watch the highlights and you kind of see Inter had a lot of chances, yeah, a lot yeah. of the better. They They're just on a different level. Yeah, yeah. What was really nice, and I've been critical about Riyadh, but I'd love to know the answer to this, is at the end, just the celebration. I mean, they celebrate like they'd won something really, really, really meaningful. And also, there were a bunch of Inter fans with signs of the Curva Nord Milano and all this stuff. Yeah, they must have and traveled. Did they go there? Did they buy a package tour? Did somebody fly them over? I was really curious. Maybe, yeah, that's true. Were those actually act local actors impersonating Italians? <laughs> like at the Qatar World Cup kind of thing? I, yeah, I was maybe. wondering about that. But uh, no, well done. Yeah. The Super Cup is what it is, but yeah. um, another win for Inter. Jules, we not done because we got more quick hits? Yes. Uh, this is so big. Oh, we need to leave the segment with it. PSA Eindhoven <clears throat> have failed to win again, yeah. losing 1-0 to Feyenoord in the Dutch Cup. That's two straight games since we started jinxing Peter Bosch and started saying nice things about him. <laughs> exactly. Should we be mean about him again so PSA can start winning? Yeah, saying that, you know, Peter Bosch, kamikazes, uh, tactics <laughs> and everything are just never going to work. But they... You know, against Utrecht, maybe the pressure got to them a little bit because it was the record. They could have gone, they took the lead, and then after that, it felt that the nerves kicked in because they were so close to beating that incredible record, to be fair, and starting a season 18, eight, like 18 and zero, zero defeats, zero draws, 18 wins in 18 games. This felt a little bit different, and this was always, I think, the know that the only team who is actually almost as good as PSV in the league. Ajax are, we've said Despite before. the gap. Yeah, despite the gap. Fenerbahce really are the only one I think that can trouble them even when PSV are on a good day. So this could be a, a turning point. There's 10 points, I think, between PSV and Fenerbahce in the table, so it's still a big gap. But I wonder if that could have quite a big impact on the rest of the season. I just don't know what to say about him. If I should be nice, if I should be mean. <laughs> Liverpool will be Chelsea's opponent at Wembley in the League Cup final at the end of February, Gabby. They drew 1-1 at Craven Cottage against Fulham after winning 2-1 at home. But it could be dicey at the end. Yeah, shaky. It's so much so that it kind of made me wonder, um, were did Fulham not only decide to play like 25 minutes from the end? Did Harry Wilson coming on against his old club? Yeah. Did he change everything? Uh, did Liverpool drop the tempo? I still, Liverpool's still not a 90-minute team right no, now. that's true. Obviously a billion absences for uh, uh, for Liverpool, Salah, Alexander-Arnold, Sabaslai, whatever, that's not news. Um, but it did strike me, and I saw something which I never thought I'd see, which was, I, I mean, they must have played three at the back before, but all of a sudden taking off a striker to send on Konate yeah. to defend 
the the lead on aggregate. Yeah. Very unclop like. Yeah, that's very, true. Very Walter Mazzari. <laughs> hey, worked out. Deservedly in the final. <laughs> Sticking with Liverpool, Mo Salah's agent Rami Abbas says he'll miss three to four weeks as his injury is worse than expected. Yeah. Egypt are through to the Cup of Nations. We'll get to that. He was there cheering them on from the sidelines. Yeah, I love him. But now he's going back to Liverpool for treatment. Some have questioned his loyalty to I mean, Egypt and Klopp didn't like that. So, I mean, I don't know Ivory Coast and where the Egypt national team is staying. What kind of medical uh, material they have or all that kind of stuff. But I would think that right now for Mo Salah to recover from a hamstring injury, even if it's not too serious, it's probably better with all the, um, the, the stuff that Liverpool have in their brand new modern training ground to look after him well. And, make and also him where they work quickly. with him all the time, so they have all his medical exactly. history and everything and it's they know a, his body better. It's not a long flight do it and then if he's ready fit and Egypt are still in the in the competition send him back he can maybe play the semi-final if they're there the final if they're there whatever but can't criticizing him or Liverpool or even Egypt to allowing him no. to go back to Liverpool to get that treatment come on or even if you just let him back even if he's not fit just to be on the semi in, on, on the sidelines for the final like, like Cristiano and oh yeah, the Euros. yeah that could be possible too former Milan legends Vonimir Boban has resigned from his post as UEFA director of football and close advisor to president Alexander Seferin Gab he was pretty clear as well on why he did that yeah, he uh, he let out a long, released a long statement where you know we've we've, we've told you before about how Chefrin wants to kind of formalize and reinterpret the statutes. The statutes have term limits that you can only serve yeah. two terms, and because Chefrin took over when he took over in 2017, I think it was, it, he didn't serve a a full, a full term full, yeah. because he took over after Michel Platini was uh, was banned. He's saying, oh no, look, I, I get to stay on until 2031, which by the way is what. John Infantino's planning at FIFA and others too. A lot of people, we've told you before, are against this. Yeah, this is no, not good it. governance. Um, and Boban said, look, I'm going to walk away because you're doing this, essentially, right? We, we, we've put these rules in place. This is against the spirit of the, uh, of the laws uh, at a minimum. It's interesting with Boban because he's a very, very intelligent guy, not just for a footballer, but in general. But he's also somebody who's a strong personality. We saw that. We saw that at Milan. He was working at Milan. He walked out. He worked at FIFA, right, with uh, with Chefwin's nemesis, Infantino. Yeah. And then he walked out. Um, he's the kind of advisor or helper who he says, hey, Jules, like, if I were working for you and I told you, Jules, you screwed up. This sucks. Your shoes are ugly. You're making stupid arguments. And, I, and I'm empowered enough that I don't need to kiss your rear end. Yeah, yeah. And I can walk away. Surely, I would think that's more valuable to you. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And credit to him. It's, it's. I, I think, I think it is a credit to him. Yeah. And, and I hope Chefrin reviews his situation because, as I said before, like if you think you're, and look, he's had a difficult run and he's done. I think he did a good job in stopping, stopping the Super League, keeping everything together, clubs on board, whatever. But if you think only you're so necessary to football that only you can do it. It means that you haven't put the governance in place in your organization yeah, that somebody true. can replace you. Calvin Phillips has joined West Ham on loan from Manchester City. Jules, fair to say it didn't work out at the Etihad? No, yeah, I think that's fair. Gab, he had a terrible time there. He should have left earlier even. Uh, I don't know if it's him. The fact that he might not be good enough to play in a Pep team. Maybe it's that Pep lost patience. And we know that can happen with Pep Guardiola too. I don't know. I think this is a good move. I mean, West Ham, between Warprouse, Alvarez... 
uh, Calvin Phillips now, even Suchek. They've got even Paqueta that can play a bit deeper. They've got a lot of players there. Top so four, look really out. Interesting. No, but like it's a loan. So yeah, you're paying all these wages, which are really high, but still well done. And if that works out for you at West Ham, then you can sign him permanently. I'm sure you'd be very happy to stay. Udinese have banned five supporters following the racist abuse suffered by Mike Maignan at the weekend and the Italian FA will make them play the next home match behind closed doors. Is that a fair punishment, do you think? So, it's for, well done, Udinese, again. They took ownership yep. of them. It could do a little bit less with saying, like, we're not a racist city. Nobody's accusing yeah, you of being a racist city. city. Enough. It's enough with saying it's that. System right? But you've taken a meaningful action. You've identified the supporters. You were proactive. You didn't wait for, for, for law enforcement to run its course. That part of the investigation is still ongoing. There may be more people banned. This business with making their home next home match play behind closed doors, they're very angry about that. They're saying, why are you punishing all the fans? Yeah. I think part of the reason is videos emerge that some fans continue to racially abused Mike Magnan after the game restarted. And secondly, Magnan was booed, not racially, but he was booed by big sections of the stadium when they came back on. And, and again, I expect people to understand that, hey, if somebody is racially abused, they have a right to ask the referee to interview without you booing them you know, in a non-racial way, but yeah, without yeah. you booing them. And, and, and I think that's why. And hopefully people will understand that. Uh, upsets a, a plan. Plenty of excitement at the Africa Cup of Nations. Jules, Egypt sneak through with a 2-2 draw against Cape Verde, in which they take the lead in the 93rd minute through Mohamed Mustafa and then concede a 99th minute. Incredible. But it's okay because Ghana ended up conceding twice and time added on uh, to Mozambique. And so they're out. It's incredible. That day, uh, which I believe was maybe Monday night, uh, no, Tuesday night, sorry, Tuesday night, was just incredible, I yeah. think. Uh, in, on Monday or Tuesday, the way it happened, the fact that Ghana were cruising 2-0 up against Mozambique and then considers two goals to be knocked out, humiliated, really, Chris Hutton lost his job. Incredible what we saw in this Afcon so far. And Gab Nigeria through after beating Guinea-Bissau much more comfortably. But how about Victor Ozyman saying that he's already decided where he's going to play next season? That's right. He said he has made his decision. We don't know what it is. Obviously, he signed a contract through 2026, and he has a release clause of 120 130 million. I think it's a generic decision rather than a specific club for now, but watch his space. Meanwhile, Jules, in that same group, Equatorial Guinea destroyed Cote d'Ivoire 4-0. Wow. Now, they still advance because of late goals else, elsewhere. Fourth best third place team. It was very, very yeah, much in the balance. It was a miracle almost. Oh, this is really embarrassing for the host nation. So bad. I mean, they just didn't play too bad, I thought, in that game. It's just that... Uh, they had a lot of chances. Yeah, they had chances. And Equatorial Guinea was super clinical. Four goals, really, though. You can't yeah, give up four goals. True. But some really good finish. One free kick, amazing. You know, everything, basically, they were trying worked. Uh, Jean-Claude... Jean-Claude Gasset, what? I, I keep forgetting his first name. Um, Gasset, the Havering Coast head coach. So the players crying in the in the dressing room after the after the game decided to step down. I mean, I think the Ivorian Federation then pretended that they sacked him, but really he was always going to walk out after after what happened. So they are in the last 16 rounds without a head coach. So Emerson Faye, who was the kind of team manager, assistant coach, will take over, which is not really ideal when you're on home soil too and everybody is expecting you to hold, win the whole competition. You know, now that Jose Mourinho has time on his hands, what if he just flies down there for the rest of the tournament Imagine, just to motivate I them? Mean, How be, cool would that be? That would be How amazing. cool would that be? You want to do something that, like, elevates you even further, Jose? Yeah. That do that. Be. It's just a couple yeah. weeks' work. And but Jean-Louis Gasset, this is Jean-Louis' first name, 
I mean, okay, he steps down because... Because he's hoping they're going to say, no, don't go. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> of course. <laughs> like, let, 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 we open you the door. Uh, but it's weird that you step down before even knowing if you're through and now they're through and he's not there anymore. I mean, yeah, one of those days, you know. And more drama in Group C as well, Gabby, because Cameroon did an injury time winner from Christopher who... Yeah, that's it. Who to beat Gambia 3-2 and stay in the tournament. But how about that handball goal from Mohamed Sane? VAR earned his keep there. I mean, this is absolutely nice. Obviously, Cameroon going out would have been unbelievable. Because they went 2-1 down, Cameroon. They were 2-1 down. They made that change um, at the end. Uh, Ondoa uh, uh, replacing, of course, Andre oh, Nana. Nana was dropped. Well, I don't think anybody wants to see ever again in Cameroon. Like, no. not even on holiday. Um, poor guy. Uh and it, and it was absolutely, it was absolutely mad. It, it, at the end, uh, they equalized to make a two-two. Christopher Wu coming off the bench to score, and then in like minute ninety-seven or ninety-nine, there's there, there's there's the cross cool, from Gambia, yeah. and you know in real time, like you don't quite realize what happened. You can't see it. You see the ball go into the net, and everybody's celebrating, and Cameroon's heads are down, and whatever. Ondoa just... from the beginning, the goalkeeper from Cameroon says that it's a handball. I know it's a handball, and you can see him. He says, "Il a touché la main." It's handball, handball, handball. But then you watch the replay, and you're like, "Oh my God! Thank you, VAR. Thank you, VAR." Yeah, exactly. like, honestly, you, you can go and then spin it, and this is nobody else saw it, right? But the referee completely missed this, yeah. and because there were a crowd of people, whatever, without VAR. They'd be out. Yeah. And 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 then, then this is why. But 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 also, if you're Mohamed Sane, I mean, dude, did you forget this VAR? I guess he's not used to playing with VAR. You should not even do VAR or no VAR. You should never cheat like that. Yeah, with intention to try to score with your hand when you know exactly what you're doing. Yeah, if it's an, you know an accident, something like that. But you know, unless even if of course. You're Diego, Unless, well, no, if you're Diego and it's not you because it is, it <laughs> is God, God who's of elevating you into the heavens. Yeah, that's very true. Mauritania hadn't scored a goal before this tournament, but they make history by knocking out uh, Algeria 1-0. Jules, you warned us this could happen. You were very worried and concerned yeah. about your boy Belmadi. Yeah, I still didn't think it would happen, to be fair. They just need a point, Algeria, a point against a team that had never won in a in any Afcon that they've played in, who'd never scored a goal, it was impossible for Algeria to be knocked out by this Mauritania team. Although their head coach Amir Abdou did really well with the Comoros before, but still this was not possible. With the Comoros, come Com on. Oh, Comoros is that you saying? I no, think no, no, English no, 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 no. I, I'm saying like, I don't know how you say. It's a tiny group of islands that like. It, it, it's remarkable. He specializes yeah. in Uber minnows, yeah? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Incredible. Like Gibraltar job beckons next, yeah? But still, this should, not have, hap should no. have never happened. Uh, Belmadi dropping Rian Mares to the bench, changing the formation, going two up top, trying something good, and Usamawa starting as a 10, who was a disgrace, I thought, in that game. And to be fair, Algeria didn't play too bad. They had chances. But Baba on a different Kamias day they win, but goal. it is these yeah, underdog stories which are special. Yeah, exactly. And Belmadina has been sacked, of course. So Ivory Coast sacked their manager, Algeria sacked their manager, Tunisia left them, Ghana as well, because of all the casualties in this incredible Afcon so far. And Gab, we can only spend so much time on Afcon, but give a shout, shout out to all the other teams that have qualified. And we have some really tasty last 16 ties as well coming up. Absolutely. Senegal stay perfect. Three of three. Guinea are through. Angola are through beating Burkina Faso, which I can, did not expect. Yeah. Uh, Mali are through. South Africa are through. Namibia, first time ever for them. Well done. DR Congo, I think, looked really good. And Morocco, who 
I think with Senegal, maybe have to be the favorites in the tournament right now. Senegal Ivory Coast in the in the last sixteen and Nigeria Cameroon. Incredible. How about that? And then th yeah. those are serious regional yeah. grudge matches yeah, as massive, well. Massive rivalry. Jules, we joked on Monday that Gio Reyna signing up with George Mendes meant he'd be linked to clubs in the Mendes sphere. Now, this is one of the situations where you say a joke because it's so ludicrous and so absurd. And, uh, and yet it happens. No word from Wolves yet. Not yet. But I said, we've been proven right. Nottingham Forest, the yeah. Mendes club, are working on a deal. Some people even say that they have a loan deal in place, although... Dortmund would rather sell them. The Athletic reports that Sevilla are interested. And Bilt say it's Marseille. Now, like I'm serious, I'm waiting for Wolves to, to come out of the yeah, woodwork. You just need, yeah, you just need Wolves to step up, really. What are you doing uh, in Wolverhampton? But right now, I, I was told last night, and we wrote it on the ESPN website as well, that it's all sorted between the two clubs, Marseille and, and Dortmund. Forest and Dortmund, there's two other clubs who have the same kind of agreement as well, and I don't know those clubs, so what, what might be Sevilla, well, one, one might be Wolves, maybe, I don't know. And so it's it, basically all him just moving his little things around. Right? Yeah, How but then it's down them? to Gio to, to choose now. But, but Marseille might not be a bad shot, although he would be in competition with Aminari to play as a 10 behind the striker. So he's not guaranteed game time there, because Harit has been really good for Marseille so far in Ligue 1. A Forest... Okay, there's Gibbs White as a 10, but he can play wide because he's not going to take Gibbs White's position. So Elanga and Atsunodor, players like that, I think Joe at his best could, could, could start for them. Sevilla, I would not touch with the Barpole. Barpole, is that what you say? Barpole, yeah. um, I don't know who are the other two clubs, but... At least who knows what if I any like. of these clubs are real? We know, we know like, how they all pop up. Like. You know, I know, but at least, at least the choice is down to him. Yeah, what I would do, I would go back to George and say, George, I want a mid-table club, no drama, nothing to play for, so that can you find me a mid-table club in the top five the leagues? Let's ticking. not make money uh, an issue. And look, what he really should do is he should go on loan. It should not be a permanent deal. Yeah, I can but understand that's a loan why. Deal for everyone, there's no, it's not a permanent deal right now. Every, everything is. A loan. So Dorman have agreed to that because yeah, yeah. What, what I was hearing was that like Dorman's like, well, wait a minute, if you go on loan and then. You know, you're only going to have a year left on your contract. Then you could leave for a song. Yeah, which... but no, I think that's that's uh, loan. It's only in the Marseille case. UEFA president Alexander Seferin uh, gave an interview to the Telegraph here in England, where he said that he's still convinced UEFA were right in banning Manchester City. Are you surprised? Well, I would hope that he believes UEFA I mean, were yeah, right. We brought the weird. case against them. The case ultimately, Got let's not forget, yeah. was overturned. Not because they found out it wasn't right, but in part because they found certain allegations were not proven, which isn't the same as being that they're not true, yeah. and in part because certain obligations were, were time-barred. So, uh, yeah, I, I would hope so. Jules, those rumors about Kareem Benzema leaving Al-Etihad won't go away. Kareem the dream. You're still my favorite. You know that. Um, yeah, I mean, we reported it, to be fair, that he was really considering every option, especially leaving. More uh, media outlets have reported this week that he asked to leave. Uh, and uh, the club refused, obviously. They tried to loan him to another Saudi club. I mean, come on. Like, what are you doing? Is Saudi the issue? It's just not, it's just not ha happening here for, there for him. He's not happy. Um, I think it's not so much the fact that he chose to go there, but it's just that overall, a bit like what Emmanuel Laporte said the other day in, in Diario As, that's just the whole thing has been really underwhelming for a lot of those pros who came from Europe, from top, top clubs into the Saudi league and haven't found the same degree of 
expertise, experience, professionalism, all of that. And the mentality, I think, is also a problem for some of them, not Karim so much, but for others. So it's all of that. But he knows they're not going to let him go, I think. Even if there's still, still a few days to go, I think he knows that he will stay. And that's like Rari, one of the co-founders of A22, the company behind the Super League, said that 20 clubs have already pledged to join their Super League project, Gabby, and he confirmed that every single game will be streamed, free for everyone to watch. Uh, yeah, so he was speaking to West France, which yeah. I believe is a, is a newspaper in the west of France. Exactly. Huh? They're yeah, so imaginative, right? A big regional right? newspaper, yeah. The what type? A big regional newspaper. You can't buy it everywhere in the country, but... Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so basically, look, I, and he, he's right in the sense that if a club says, yeah, I'll join, but I can't come out and say that I'll join, of course, clubs always want to weigh up their options yeah. and whatever. This business where people said, oh, because oh, there's been some false reporting. Some people say there'll be one game a week. Some people will say that it looks like one game will be free and the others you'll have to pay for it and so on. No, no, he came out and he said, every single game will be free and we're going to have targeted ads. So if you're in Rennes, you might see a different ad than I see in Madrid. Dude, show me how the hell you're going to monetize this. Like, seriously, like, you really think you can make ad-supported, purely yeah. ad-supported thing, and get Surely. the revenue? What, what, you think you reinvented the wheel? Like, I mean, honestly, <laughs> what, how, how are you going to do this? Like, honestly, nobody can monetize to that degree. Nobody, or if they would, I mean, unless you think yeah. you're so much smarter, you have some magical technology. Unless that you have the free stream and then normal televisions as well showing the same games. Or the because same normal product. televisions are going to pay for something that you can watch but free maybe on the street. Less, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't but, make but any sense not, to me. It's, it's, it's odd. Like, I'd love to see real numbers, real TV yeah. people, somebody vet this. Eder Militao has a new contract at Real Madrid, Jules. Um, I'm guessing this wouldn't have happened if there was any doubt that he'd be good as new when he comes back, yeah? Yeah, I think so. I know it's a big ACL injury, of course, and we don't, we're not really sure exactly when he'll be back, but you trust the process. You, he's, young, he's a young player, he's an outstanding player. You continue this... Um, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, this, Rehabilitation? Yeah, no, but the, 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 the programme of renewing all those contracts of your young players so they are on long-term deal from Vinicius obviously to Valverde to Militao to Camavinga to Chuameni to all of that and and Rodrigo this is the right thing to do obviously so this one was no surprise 2028 well done to him he will come back and probably be as good as before Tottenham owner Joe Lewis has pleaded guilty to insider trading in New York in a New York court Gab is this significant I don't think it's significant to Spurs. I think it's significant to him and kind of embarrassing. Like, the dude is in his 80s. He's in a millionaire. He's a millionaire. He lives on a boat, like or whatever, with his yeah, art yeah, collection. Yeah. Uh, we, we've spoken about him before. I think Tottenham are kind of permanently up for sale uh, anyway, uh, if he can make more money at this stage. But sure. he's also old and he's a fan. Um, what was funny was what he was doing was he was giving tips to his personal pilot to his driver to his cleaner about deals that were he about, was about to do that he was about to do where you could piggyback on and then automatically instead in lieu of paying bonuses that, yeah. that's what he's pleaded guilty to he faces some other uh, some other charges um I think he's liquid enough. It's not going to impact Spurs. No, so you can not. feel good about that. Yeah. This was way back on Monday, but Jules, Atletico Madrid went away to Granada for their game in hand and won 1 0 with a goal from Alvaro Morata. Yeah. Back on track. Morata saving them again. Uh, they look tired at times. I won't lie. They play a lot. They play again on Thursday night. So after we record the pod, 
the show in the in the Copa del Rey. They will have a game at the weekend too. So they're coming uh, fast. Those games with the Super Cup, etc., etc. Uh, but all again, all was important was to win that game and to bridge that gap a little bit, which they have now. They're still what, eight points behind Real Madrid, I think it is. Yeah, it's not about Real Madrid. It's about Atletico yeah. Bilbao and Barcelona. Yeah, true. The level behind, of Bilbao. Yeah, yeah. They need to finish top four. So, yeah, a good win. And you don't concede, which hasn't happened no. too often this season. And sticking with Atletico, Moise Kane is reportedly on his way. Does that make sense to you, this move? It makes sense for Juve because you get his wages off the bill and because you don't really need him because obviously Kevin Yildiz has emerged. You've got Milik, you've got Geza, and of course you've got uh, you've got Vlaovic. Um, from Atletico's perspective, I think I think this has to do with the fact I think they're still hoping to move Correa. Yeah. Um, which I think Correa is a better player, but hey, Correa I believe is an Uncle George guy, so Uncle George can speak sure. to his friends in Saudi, get some nice money in. And Kane can be your fourth striker between now and the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, he needs to play. He needs to play if he wants to be go- going to the Euros. True. Um, yeah, it's a big move for him. We had UEFA Women's Champions League games last night. Jules, what stood out for you? And please don't just talk to me about Paris Saint-Germain no, beating I will, Ajax. I will start because it was a really good win. Katoto was outstanding. Tabitha as well. Again, I love the way they play. My girl, Grasge Euro scored, the captain. So I was super happy watching that. I mean, the biggest take is that Chelsea are through. Which, Being Real Madrid, no less. Yeah, but Real Madrid have been, despite having a good squad and playing some, having some good performances, has just been dreadful. It's just not happening for them. They only have one point, I think, in that group with Haken and Paris FC. Um, so well done to Chelsea without Sam Kerr, with rotation, making it and joining Barca and Lyon, who are the other two teams that are already qualified. By the yeah. way, in the PSG. Uh, group with Ajax, Bayern Munich and Roma, all four teams can still qualify, like it was the case for the PhD men's group before the last game. So the two amazing suspense. Roma drawing 2-2 with Bayern. Yeah, but they needed to win uh, and they were very close to win and they got pegged back right at the end. So dramatic ending there in Rome. And from our little Paris FC, well, they still hope they will have to beat Chelsea at home to qualify. It's not impossible. It would be difficult, but hey, we have to believe they're on an incredible well, journey. Well, Chelsea are through. Why don't they just play yeah, exactly. all the scrubs? Yeah, they would rotate have, more, yeah. I think. So, exactly. yeah, it's, it's not impossible. Gab, Quincy Promise is in trouble again. I, I, can't, I, I want to write a it's book about him so I can sell the movie rights to this man's yeah. life. Okay, do so you remember Quincy Promise? We once thought he was going to be the real deal coming out of Dutch football. So prosecutors in Holland have asked for a nine-year prison sentence. He's charged with smuggling 1,300 kilograms of cocaine. That's several tons, I believe. Yeah. Uh, hidden a shipment of sea salt from Brazil. Uh, so he's like, like a serious like cocaine godfather, according to these prosecutors. Yeah, that's a love drug. <laughs> now, of course, he's already been found guilty yeah. of stabbing his cousin in the knee, as you do, and sentenced to 18 months. Uh, he's appealing that sentence, although, frankly, even if he's guilty, I don't know if he's going to serve a day in prison because he's not there. He's in <laughs> Russia. He plays for Spartak Moscow. Uh, and, of course, they're that under sanction. There's a war going on. I wouldn't be surprised if he never comes back. Yeah, just, yeah, I don't think he will ever. Um, I mean, this is incredible. This is seriously, you know, back in the day, we talked about, like, rappers pretending yeah. they're acting like gangsters and stuff like that. This seems to be the life that Quincy has chosen for himself. Yeah. Unless none of this stuff is true, but no, but no, you don't. It you're doesn't a millionaire. Go that far if you're true, if, you're a millionaire professional footballer, right? I can understand if you have a really annoying cousin, how you might want to stab him in the knee. <laughs> I cannot understand. Well, no, maybe you lose your rag, whatever, right? Maybe the guy likes it. Maybe he's a <sighs> knee stab fetishist. Who knows? But I cannot understand why you would choose to smuggle 
1,300 kilograms of cocaine. What, what, why? I know. Why? I know. Palestine have qualified for the round of 16 in the Asian Cup after beating Hong Kong and drawing with UAE. Jules, this is quite the story Incredible. given what's happening in Gaza. Incredible. Well done. Massive, massive well done to that team, all the staff, everybody around the team involved in them doing so, so well uh, and qualifying for the last 16 of the Asian Cup. In You said, uh, considering the situation, what's happening back home in Gaza for all their families, it's just remarkable to have that mental trend. And that power of playing for your people can take you really far. And I, I hope it doesn't stop there. Um, but, but already, this is a massive success and a great achievement for them. Gab, a current Serie A referee, appeared anonym, an, anonymously on Italian television and attacked his own organisation. What? What's going on? So basically, uh, there's been obviously issues this year with VAR and so on. Um, he, he laid out a scenario where he's got his main issue is with obviously referees get assessed. He says that referees are being assessed unfairly within the organization because there's an, there's an election coming up and there's two factions of referees, one of them loyal to the current head of yeah, the referee of uh, committee, Gianluca Rocchi, the other one um, loyal to this other guy, Alfredo Trentalange. Um, and so because Rocky's now in charge and his people, they mark certain people down. He especially takes issue with when VAR commits a mistake or referee makes, makes a mistake. Rocky's been really transparent about, you know, coming out, explaining, not quite to the degree of Howard Webb yeah. or releasing the audio like they do in Spain, but sometimes they do that too. Um, but he comes out and says, oh yeah, he made a mistake there, we're sorry, and then, you know, we'll suspend him for a week or two weeks or whatever. He does it with, after certain mistakes, but not with others. So uh, might be people who defend it, who, who ah, support his yeah. case. It's kind of in the weeds, but it sort of really shines a light on the need for transparency, for the need of accountability, and also how once referees turn professional, these are their careers. Yeah. Girona won't be winning the double jewels. Oh. They go 3-0 down in Mallorca before mounting a comeback to 3-2, but it's not enough. But obviously, this actually strengthens Massively. their title hopes. The best thing that could happen to them is to go to go down in the Copa del Rey, not qualifying for the semifinal. I know the semifinal is quite close. I know, but there's still some really big teams. Just put all your focus on the league because you have a chance. And I know it's Real Madrid chasing you, and it would be tough to 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 get it over the line and beat them in this title race. But you have a chance, so go for it. And Really, that was a distraction. And you could see because they were not in in the first half. Yeah, they got a really harsh penalty no. against them. But still, they were 3-0 down at halftime. It was not there. I think they just did, their mind was not on it. It was so, like the Almeria game. Yeah, exactly. So forget about this. You will only play one game a week now when the others will have, like Atletico and, and Atletico Club de Bilbao, for example. We have the Copa del Rey. Real Madrid will have the Champions League. All of that, you will only focus on the league, and that's really good for you. By the way, Savinho kind of looks like, and it only occurred to me last night, I'm sure others are pointing out, he kind of looks like Robinho, doesn't he? Well, um, you think physically face, or the yeah. way he plays? The way he plays too, but yeah. Yeah, but, yeah although he's obviously the... Um, like young Robinho, obviously. Yeah, right, young Robinho. Not old Robinho. Yeah. Gab, we all remember that, we all remember that day, 11 years ago, when Swansea faced Chelsea in the League Cup semi-final. And Eden Hazard appeared to kick a ball boy that was holding on to the ball a little bit too long because Chelsea were chasing the game. The two were reunited and the ball boy has become pretty successful. Yeah, so I'm a little hesitant to put this in because this know, is very, very clearly a bit of a publicity stunt. Of course, stunt. of course. So, 
Charlie Morgan, who was a ball boy at the time, and yeah. by the way, like he was a ball boy, but he's like twice as big as Hazard. I know Hazard's small. <laughs> he was 14 small. or something, or 15. 14, yeah, whatever. He's a big fella. Yeah. Um, he now runs a vodka brand named uh, AU Vodka. Not O Vodka, but AU as in yeah. gold vodka. And part of the shtick is it's the vodka comes in a gold bottle, which yeah. I think is incredibly like cheesy yeah, and tacky. low class, but tacky. Yeah. But hey, some people like this. Um and according to reports, according to what he says, oh, it's worth $40 million. Now, we should point out, Charlie Morgan, I think his dad or his grandfather, it's a wealthy family. They're yeah, the investors in this. It's not like yeah. this kid came out of nothing. But still, well done to him. Well, yeah, well done. The, the brand's been endorsed by Jake Paul, Floyd Mayweather, wow. Ronaldinho. Yeah. Um, Do you fancy have some? Can you send us a bottle? You don't drink. But yeah, no, but like, I would love it to have it here. Hey, there you go, nice. yeah. So, yeah, no, Charlie, if you do that, well, well done. Yeah. I love the idea of him reaching out to Hazard, though. Hazard yeah, that's great. Right. They do a photo shoot where they, where they pretend to play golf. Uh, they, they hang out. I, I, I love the marketing. We were yeah, talking about well this, right? Even though it's, frankly, nonsense, right? Yeah. But um, it's sweet. I always wonder what happened to that kid. And Nasser will do to face Shanghai Shenhua last night in Shenzhen, yeah. uh, China, in China, as China. part of a tour, except... They didn't, Jules. They didn't because one player was missing. And if that player is missing, you can't play a game. It's like you don't have, you have enough players, but yet because Cristiano is not there, he was injured, uh, they postponed the tour, uh, which put in a big question mark over the game that they have coming up against Inter Miami and Leo Messi on February 1st, which was this big game. They're selling the TV rights right now, by the way, all around the world to beat the game up. And we're not sure if Cristiano will be fit to play that. Uh, I'm guessing, I mean, Cristiano went so far as to go and he gave an apology yeah, to his friends. Like, I'm guessing this is something where, and, and this happens sometimes when people schedule friendlies, they, they you know, Al Nasser's not going to China for free or for fun, right? Yeah. Um, they're getting paid money to go there and part of the contract is we want to see Cristiano. Yeah. So simple as. Legendary striker Gigi Riva, the all-time leading scorer for the Italian national team has passed away again. That's right. He scored uh, 35 goals, which is which is number one. It may not sound like a lot, but you know, uh, different different era. He's a he's a tremendous story, tremendous figure. I had the privilege to meet him once. He doesn't talk very much, uh, but he really always had had a presence. Um, he made a huge decision in moving to Cagliari yeah. and Sardinia. leading Cagliari in Sardinia. Uh, to this, their Serie A title, 1969-70. It's, it's a Leicester story, yeah. if you want. Difference is, of course, Sardinia is an island. Sardinians are, I think, culturally different from, from the rest of Italy in, in many ways. I've felt that way. Never really felt part of it. Never had much to celebrate, um, other than great food, great weather, and yeah. you know, centuries-old culture. But that's a whole, whole other, other issue. He brought the island alive, um, and then he said no. He said no to Juventus. He said no to Inter many times. There's something wonderfully sheer-esque. You know my thought, or my, my thoughts on this. Or the, the guy who says, no, I'm happy here. Why should I go to a bigger yeah. club? Um, and he scored his goals for Italy, memorably, of course, in uh, FIFA's Match of the Century. Of course, Italy yeah. against uh, West Germany, 1970 World Cup semifinal. Then later became um, an official with the Italian national team. He was, uh, it was their 2006 World Cup, kind of like a senior, a senior figure. Uh, super, super popular with the players and uh, big, strong, athletic yeah. center forward, Christian Vieri super powerful type. Left foot. Yeah, super powerful. They, he had a wonderful nickname, Morombo di Tuono, which means thunderclap, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, lovely. lovely. Jules, that brings us to an end, but 
we got to come back on Monday. Oh, so man. much going on. Yes, FA Cup. Um, oh, the games all over Europe. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. Love yourself.